Good King Winslow last looked out on the feast of Stephen. <laughs> Come in and know us better. It's podcast. <laughs> it's podcast. Hello, everyone. If you're listening to this right now, we're actually at the end of recording the episode. An episode that could quite possibly be the worst episode we've ever recorded. Maybe the worst episode of a podcast ever. I'm pretty sure it's the worst podcast episode ever. This is I, We struggled really hard through this episode. I don't know what happened. We're going to post it up. But we decided to edit in this portion since you guys are loyal and you're interested in tobacco. The tobacco we reviewed today. And we went through a couple of blends. Uh, you'll notice through the episode that Patrick had concocted. But uh, the beginning of the episode, we started with Golden Days of Yore. And I think it's important just to kind of like go through that. It's a fresh tin opening. I think it needs a little age. It started out a little flat. I recommend stirring it up just a teensy bit, maybe, because towards the end of the bowl of Golden Days of Yore, I actually got a hold of that Kentucky, and uh, the flavor sort of rounded out more. It became a little bit more robust, and it was really enjoyable. But it did take quite a few puffs to sort of get to that point in the Golden Days of Yore. Not to say that it was unpleasurable, at the beginning, you sort of get some of those aromatic flavors, some of the spice and everything that they speak about. But really, it sort of comes into its own, I think, towards the end. And I think this might be a pretty good blend to age for a little bit. I don't know how long, maybe a couple more months. Make sure you give it a stir just so the components are, for whatever reason, the Kentucky was just really at the bottom of my yeah. bowl. So it sort of came into its own at the end. And I can't really add anything more other than... Uh, I believe they've been doing this one since 2015, maybe. So if you have a 2015 10 that you maybe have have, have let age, um, now might be a good time to crack it open. Um, yeah. Because it probably is really good now. Now, in the past, I have smoked their uh, corn cob pipe and a button nose, which is not a bad blend. It's very chocolatey. But it, once again, it suffers from a lot of aromatic blends that sort of fall flat. This one does have more components to it that give it a fuller flavor it can be more robust i do enjoy it a lot um towards the end so it might need a little bit of age to marry up it might also need to be maybe that's just mine or the the way i the way i grab some of the components but it, it did seem like the kentucky was hidden towards the end of the bowl so i don't know if that means that the deeper you dig in that's where the Kentucky's out of the way it was just perfectly laid out you know it just didn't seem like it had blended all the different it, it seemed like it clumped up the Kentucky in one specific region and I'd managed to get that to the bottom of my bowl so I think if if you have a more versatile like if all the components are sort of you know in their correct proportions it's probably a really good blend all the way through if unfortunately you have the more lighter tobaccos at the top and then the more robust tobaccos at the bottom you're probably not going to find that you like it until mid to low tier bowl yeah which that's completely fine sometimes sometimes you want a, a bowl that will travel I know, I know a lot of times probably most of the time you want a bowl that's consistent from the top to bottom 
But, you know, sometimes it's sort of fun to sort of see how a bowl travels, you know, what it's doing at the top versus what it does at the bottom. It right. is for me being a um, not as an experienced pipe smoker that it's a lot of fun to sort of get to the end and then just sort of boom. Like there's something else that hits. It's like, oh, that's, I want. It can be interesting. I like that with skiff mixture. Sometimes like the Orientals have like a really interesting sour component. And if they're clumped in the right way you can get that towards the end or at the beginning of the bowl and it kind of gives the whole blend a, a different characteristic that actually in a way or overpowers the latakia which i've always found pretty enjoyable yeah um now granted i do think skiff and <clears throat> the scottish blends that i like to smoke and things that i like to smoke are very much oriental ford or um they have at least condimental latakia they're not quite as robust in the latakia so it kind of gives you a little bit more complexity with the other tobaccos. But, yeah, like, like it sort of does have that same characteristic like yeah. the Skiff does, where if it clumps up, it is enjoyable. But I think, overall, this is a blend that sort of needs to have, it's, it needs to be, you should be proportionally aware in this blend because they do seem to work together. You don't want one thing to overpower another or vice versa because it, it does seem like they work together. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty seamlessly. So, um, if you want to continue from this point on. Yeah, we inserted this in because, like, towards the end of this episode, it did seem like we had, this is a really, I don't know what happened. We have some, I mean, you could probably edit this into a listenable episode. Yeah. But, like, we're sort of all over the place. It's been a long week, and we're running right into Christmas, so I think... Patrick and I have been a little frazzled lately because it's just you, you have a lot of family gatherings, you have a lot of work to be done. I had Patrick and I both two, three weeks ago when we were going to originally record this, I think we were a little bit more gung ho. And then we both had corona scares where we locked down for yeah. a little bit. And uh, finally, we, we managed to get it the week before Christmas. And honestly, you got corona? Well, I didn't catch it. I didn't <laughs> no, catch no, it. This is the way you said we were able to get it. You know, get the episode. Get in. the episode. Yeah. But, yeah. No, I didn't get Corona. Like it was just a scare when I mean, we were close to people who had it. We, I mean, we have nicotine in our system. We're not going to get it. Oh man, that's a great point. We forgot to bring that up. So there was a there was a study uh, done recently that says people who imbibe large quantities of nicotine, the nicotine coats, I think, the cells nicotine. Now it doesn't matter how you get it. It's not specific to smokers. It's not specific to, it's just nicotine users. It could be vapors. It could be vapors. It could be anything. Uh, but people patches. who, yeah, people who get nicotine in their system, it coats the cells, I think, wall, and it makes it difficult for the corona proteins to attach to the cells or attach to the proteins or the corona cells to attach to proteins or vice versa. I don't know. I, I could probably find that article but it's interesting that it's a uh, sort of a respiratory disease or it targets respiratory unless you're addicted to nicotine so I'm actually curious if I've come into contact with it more because I think I say even in this episode that I'm pretty heavily addicted to nicotine yeah so enjoy the rest of this terrible episode I recommend turning it off now um, we're definitely at the bottom of our bowl I hope you enjoyed this quick overview we do have a plan to smoke a goblin mixture festivus pudding festivus mixture we also want to get into uh, uh another shootout with uh coins so we want to do escudo versus um peterson uh, navy deluxe curly block and probably stokeby again i think yes. i want to do like a full review because i do think that i have a particular uh, a favorite 
of those. I've smoked all of them. I, I know which one I like again. And I think we did do a couple of things, but I wanted to do something specific with coins. Yeah. Um, and then maybe... Uh, uh, and then another Latakia shootout. Yeah, we were going to yeah. do Ashton. We were going to do Balkan Sobrani. Yeah. And then there was one more we were thinking about doing, and I can't remember off the top of my head I what it was. Either. I've been it's, wanting to try Peterson's uh, Dunhill Standard Mixture at some point. I, uh, that's not going to be in this, but I do It seems like it was a Syrian, though. Wasn't it? It could have been. Uh, that's impossible. It's impossible to get Syrian. Oh, well, then I don't know. I mean, I've got some Syrian blends, but like it was—I know it was Goblin Mixture. No, 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 it wasn't Goblin Mixture. It was—it was Ashton's Artisan's Blend. It was Balkan Sobrani. Balkan I thought it was a Samuel Galwith, but was it Skiff? A Skiff's my favorite, but it's not like those two. Either way, you'll find out. You'll find out. <laughs> so uh, it, maybe it was Nightcap. It, it, it definitely wasn't like the other. It was like it was similar to the other two. That's aggravating. Oh, okay. I don't remember what that was. So, but anyway, well, enjoy the rest of this terrible episode. Thank you for tuning in to this part. Yeah, and uh, if uh, you don't listen to the rest of it, we'll see you in January. Yeah, see you in January. Merry Christmas. The December edition. We're in a different location. We're not at. We're not at Rivermont Studios. No, sir. We're at uh, Dylan Circle Studios. Yep, we in. The greatest city in Alabama. Gunnersville? We ain't in Gunnersville. Well, the <laughs> second greatest city in Alabama. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> We're in Huntsville. We're in Huntsville, Alabama. Yeah, yeah. It is good. It's good to you. Okay. But it is Christmas time. Which means we're going to do something a little bit different for tobacco. So you guys are going to kind of have to listen to us review something on the fly. Yeah, yeah. Patrick brought something special today. Yep. The Golden Days of Yore. Yep. It is, uh, you know, we tried to get some of that Kringle Flake that everybody's been buying up, but, you know. Couldn't get that. I tried to get Festivus pudding and Festivus mixture in uh, by Ken Byron Ventures, Mm -hmm. but uh, shipping is just absolutely out of control. Yeah. Yeah. And don't, you know, what I recommend, you know, I've been telling all this to my, my people, my friends and stuff. So I'll tell you guys on the pipecast. So don't get mad at the company. No, it's it's really USPS, UPS, and FedEx's problem. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, COVID, I'm sure, has a little bit to do with that. You know, but like, don't definitely don't be upset at your at the company you purchase from. Yeah, Smoking Pipes, Kim Byron Ventures, or wherever you purchase an item from. If it doesn't make the Christmas, it really they probably tried. Yeah, they did to get it out to you. And then once it got into the hands of the wild, wild west of USPS. I mean, I had something I ordered mid November from Kinvine Ventures, um, not show up till mid December because Memphis is so screwed up. Yeah. Now it, I would say though, if you order something, we'll say on December, I don't know, tenth. And the company doesn't ship it until January first. You might get mad at the company. You then. might get yeah. But if they've already, I'm in a situation it, like that myself. Yeah, <laughs> we're not gonna say names, but I ordered something a while back and they never even shipped it. And then they're blaming USPS. I was like, yeah, but like, you know, you haven't shipped it. Uh, I, I'll give you how bad of an example it is. Patrick ordered from the same company a day after I ordered, and Patrick <laughs> has gotten his. <laughs> and I haven't gotten anything. I guess they can't find the greatest city in the world on the map. Oh. Or the greatest city in Alabama. <laughs> greatest city in Alabama is hard to find. 
Oh, yeah. But, yeah, so we have uh, Cornell and Dill's Golden Days of Yule. And um, we also have some other little surprise blends along the way. We got, you know, we got a corn cob and a briar, you know, between me and Zach. And then we also have some clays with us. Uh, so we'll be going in and out, trying some other stuff, little surprises. And um, we're, I think we're going to crack this tin. This open. is the first opening, so I'm going to let uh, Patrick have first go at it. Oh, boy. It it's got a nice little card. Vintage blends. You guys, we're out on my front porch because the backyard has got people listening to country music, and I don't know. And then now in the front yard, or in the porch, we've got FedEx uh, frantically trying to get packages. So we're going to give you guys live updates of packages being delivered, and as Patrick gives a whiff yep. of this Cornell deal. I popped it. You get you some out of it. Alright, so this is their vintage blend line, isn't it? And it's an aromatic. It's is it an aromatic? I believe it's how they how they described it. Uh, or at least that's what the thing said on smoking pipes. I literally think I sucked up a thing of tobacco into my nose. You just find a new way to intake tobacco. Look, I take snuff regularly. <laughs> this is really up my nose. I'm about to sneeze. This is a terrible episode. <laughs> Good lord. I guess I breathed too deeply. <laughs> a whole bowl just came out of his nose. Oh my god. Oh, it's still up there. Oh. I'm about to sneeze again. <laughs> this is a good episode already. Oh god, they got it. That's disgusting. <laughs> so. And you're doing a bowl and a snot rocket. Oh, uh, here's another interesting thing. Um, pie tobacco is not snuff. Oh, God, that was really painful. Especially if it's ribbon cut. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to cut this out or not. Merry Christmas, y'all. I hope you're having a laugh at my expense because I'm an idiot and like got a too hard of a whiff. <sighs> but anyway, so here we are. Here, here we are. Enjoying a little golden days of yore. You might not get this portion. You might get the outtakes portion at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe we can find a, a, an easy way to sniff at this in. Either way, pardon us while we line up. So this is going to see a festive mix of Golden Virginia's Black Cavendish, Kentucky, and Caterini married together into a blend that will bring the spirit of Christmas to even the hardest of hearts. Mm. Mm. I call that bold talk. Get you a lighter? Jesus Christ. I broke the damn match. That's so much easier. That red phosphorus ain't good for nothing. Yeah. Um. So Cornell and Dill, days, golden days of yore. What do you think, first impression? I'm getting some, like, tanginess. A little bit of tang. I can't put my finger. I'm tasting something specific, but I can't. I can't. I uh, don't put my finger exactly on what it is. What about you? Um. Yeah, it's just it's Thanksgiving Day all over again. <laughs> really, it's just it tastes flat to me. Um. People really don't know how to. It's probably the I think for a blender, which is ironic to say this. Because 
I think majority of people won't agree, maybe, but it's probably more difficult to blend an aromatic and make it work than it is mm. to blend any other thing. I feel like tobacco can be hidden a lot more easily in Latakia or Kentucky um, than you can hide bad tobacco in aromatic blends. Because mm. mm. <laughs> the casing won't last forever. Yeah. yeah. So if you're really in it to taste tobacco and have like sort of whatever the essence of that flavoring is to like bring it to a new level. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're definitely going to have a harder time with aromatics because they, whatever the casing is, caramel, vanilla, chocolate, fruits and spices, uh, whatever it may be that you put on there, rum, whatever, it's going to what sublimate or whatever really quickly. And, uh, and then you're going to be left with whatever not so great tobacco is in there. And uh, I think Cornell and Dill runs into this a lot with their aromatic blends. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it, it is. I get a little bit of something, uh, and then it just goes away. Yeah, it's really not doing much. Well, I want to talk about this throughout the episode. So this is going to be a mixed bag. We kind of talked about, like, we just opened a tin of Golden Days of Yore, and we're going to continue to smoke it and sort of discuss it as we start to filter in other tobaccos, too, in our clay pipes. Yes. But Golden Days of Yore, we're, I mean, we're in the holiday season. We're in the Christmas season. Yeah. Um, so it just makes sense to, to do that. Um, one of the blends we may rotate in and out, really, I wish we had had it for Halloween, but it's okay. What was that? Uh, uh, we, we also got... Damn, we, we talk about the Postal Service. We've already seen a FedEx truck and a UPS truck. Um, we also uh, brought some of Warped the Haunting. Are you going to smoke that today? I don't know. I thought about trying it out. That's a cigar-heavy, cigar-leaf-heavy blend. I think it's 50... You know, I think it's 40% cigar, 60% Virginia. Which you can screw up a cigar-leaf blend. The best example of something like that existing that I know about is, uh, I think, Key Largo. Oh, you don't like Key Largo? No, it's the best example. Oh, 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 sorry. I thought you meant it was the best example of screwing up. I probably framed it <laughs> like that, but well, it's a good example. I, and I think... Uh, I've, had, I've had Billy Bud. That's the only cigar blend I've had. And I, yeah, Billy Bud's not terrible. You know, honestly, it's like I don't get the Bridger. If I want pipe tobacco, I want pipe tobacco. If I want a cigar, I want a cigar. I don't want a cigar in my pipe tobacco. Yeah. I do think, though, unless I'm misremembering a different blend, I might be thinking about there's a particular cabin, Black Cavendish, that is made up of leftover bits of cigars, you know, where they chop off the ends. Yeah, maybe it's good. I don't know. I just, like, I'm not... I know what I want because I'm a summer cigar smoker. And, uh, you know, I, I don't really want that flavoring in my pipe. And the clo I will say this, though. There is a pipe tobacco that, and, and most of the time they don't hit the mark. They do not taste like cigars. There is a pipe tobacco that does taste just like cigars, and it's uh, pure samois. And, uh, but it, it, it's so pungent that... It, it truly will ghost a pipe. Uh, really? Truly will screw up a pipe. The haunting. So, yeah, the haunting is finest Virginia leaf and double uh, A Dominican Criollo. Uh, 
See, the Virginia, I think, like, I just want it to taste like a cigar. I don't want to, but I don't feel like the, the, the flavors don't mesh. I don't get it. Like, I'm not a fan, like, of that kind of stuff. Because I don't think the flavors mesh. Yeah. I think a cigar leaf, there's, it just, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. Um, also, just before we recorded this, I'm finally going to truly take a stroll through, you know, true Virginia blends. Um, what do you got on the docket? Um, well, so before we did this, we stopped by a brick and mortar, our local one, mm-hmm. the Humidor Pipe Shop, uh, Huntsville, Alabama. And uh, I got Samuel Gallus Full Virginia Flake on recommendation from Zach. Um, I'm probably going to just like probably, you know, I'm probably just going to smoke this whole tin exclusively for the next month. Um, Full Virginia is where it's at. In terms of the gold standard of Virginia. Yeah. I think I'm going to try next either Best Brown or... Um, now, Best Brown's my favorite. Yeah, yeah, it's your favorite. Um, and then I know I got uh, McBaron HH Pure Virginia on the docket. I really want to try that. Um, and uh, there is... You should try some of that special curly I got. Special curly? Yeah, it's Peter Heinrich's special Peter curly. Heinrich. I think it's uh, pretty much a pure Virginia. Okay. Um, and I think I got some other Cornell and Dill ideas down the road. Of course, while I was there, I had to pick up something too myself. You did? I picked up Peter Heinrich's Dark Strong, which I've been out of for a long time now, which is mm-hmm. sort of, it's weird that I never bought another tin of it because I really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just been sitting on it. Like, I know that Peter Heinrich's is not going to sell. So I'm not in a rush to get it. Gotcha. So I just would sit there and I'd look at it and then I'd be like... It's like the opposite esoterica. Right. Like esoterica I know... gets in, flies off the shelf. And I don't feel like esoterica is worth the hype. I think yeah. Peter Heinrichs is like way more... I'm way more invested in trying to keep up with that because they've got Curly Block. Special Curly is really good. Uh, Dark Strong is probably the best Kentucky blend that there is. So, sort of segueing into one of our first little segments here, something I want to do, and, and this may even play into some other uh, stuff that we do down the road, but it's sort of a, a precursor. It's the what, uh, first impression, last impression kind of thing. That's right. Yeah. But but bef- this is sort of the pre- prelude to that. Uh, it's sort of like your first and your last. And you were talking about Peter Heinrich's Curly Block. So, I want to talk about... When was your first and last time, if you can remember, that you got nicotine sickness? Oh, nicotine sickness. Uh, preferably just from pipe smoking. You know, just from pipe smoking. Yeah. Uh, the last time I got whammoed was from. Uh, I think it was. It's been a couple of years now. For those of you who don't know, let me give you some frame of reference with my nicotine sickness. I am. I've been smoking a pipe since I was nineteen. But I've been a smoker, like a heavy smoker, like cigarette, tobacco consumption. Like, a, well, let's not say smoker. Let's just say I've been a heavy consumer of nicotine since I was 21. Like, uh, I like uh, dip. I like snuff. I like cigarettes. There's not a way to consume tobacco that I have not liked so far yeah. that I've experienced. Uh, so I consume a lot of nicotine. So when I get nicotine sickness, like it's actually shocking to me. 
Like, I'm always like, man, this might kill someone else, you know? Yeah. But I smoked Old Dark Fire. And yeah. Oh. Yeah. And it, uh, I think maybe I'd had a light meal and I'd been sitting on the ground and I smoked HH Old Dark Fire. This is when it hurt the most. Now, I've had every once in a while, the, the most recent, recent, it's, I'm talking about a heavy hitter. But the most recent, like, kind of dizzy, like, whoa, was uh, 1792 Flake will get at me every once in a while. Yeah. Pretty much every time. Yeah. Uh, you know, 1792 is great flake. It's really good. It just has a moment. It, sometimes it'll have its moments. But HHL Darkfired was so strong and pungent, I, I, I literally went to the bushes to puke. <laughs> uh, and I didn't. And uh, I, I couldn't believe it. Because I'm sort of one of those, like, and this is kind of disgusting, but I'm one of those who will, I will make myself purge because that will make me feel better. Mm-hmm. I won't try to like fight it. You know, I know some people don't like it so much that they try. I'll just go and just do it. So even like sort of getting myself like to a puke and rally point, means I'm going to throw up and I never did, but like, it was really weird. Like, uh, HH really just, really? I mean, it like, it really, it was crazy. I mean, I was immediately sick to the point that I'm not even sure if it was nicotine poisoning, but it had to have been yeah. because once I kind of like got my head right, I was fine. So it wouldn't have been anything other than just, and the only thing I've been doing for the last 45 minutes was smoking and then I stood up. So <laughs> what about you? Well, okay. So we'll, we'll do a little back, backstory on me. I am not a, you know, I don't come from uh, a smoking family, or at least my parents. Um, growing up, I never um, was, you know, sort of in front of smoking. Uh, of course, there was other people in the family, other friends um, who smoked, but it just wasn't a thing in my household. And, um, <laughs> and uh, so, of course, I, you know, I'm, went in and out with, uh, you know, an occasional, um, you know, pack of cigarettes, uh, in college, you know, that a pack of cigarettes probably lasted me a whole week, you know, uh, and then we had the occasional cigar every now and again. And then the first time I ever had a cigar, I, I did get a little sick, but the I never cigar did. will mess you up. Yeah. That was the first time I ever had one. And it just really, and the thing that, that confuses people who don't, so you don't inhale a cigar. It's like you would naturally not inhale pipe tobacco and stuff, yeah, yeah. unless you're my father and then you just inhale everything, I guess. Um, but with, uh, a cigar, people forget that you're, you're sort of chewing on that nub end mm. to the point that there is a sort of natural nicotine chewing tobacco kind of thing going on as yeah. well. Yeah. And I think that's what messes up people. They're like, yeah. I, I didn't inhale. I'm like, yeah, but you're also getting a ton of nicotine juice like you would if you were dipping yeah. or chewing tobacco. So it's like cigar is like the, 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 the well, not best of both worlds but you're getting both it really is the best of both worlds <laughs> um but okay, okay but and then also also another point to this is that i can't i'm not really good at inhaling i don't know i just i don't inhale so even when i do smoke cigarettes it's just in and out it's the same way as i would smoke um uh, pipe tobacco so uh me starting smoking you know really was just zach Zach's doing. He um, he put a gun to my head and said, "You better smoke this pipe." <laughs> That's how it went out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no. Uh, uh, I don't know if we ever mentioned this before, but I was like, "We, I want to do a podcast with you." And he just came back and said, "All right, we're gonna do it, but it's gonna be about pipes." I was like, "No, I had cool. pre, I had already 
convinced Patrick to smoke a pipe by this point, but he wasn't a, you weren't doing it that much. A, a whole year before that, I went out and got a corn cob. We went to that same brick and mortar we went today. Uh, and you a, got Blue Note. Yeah, yeah, I got Blue Note. And smoked it like a couple times, and then I just felt like there was too much going on, and I just didn't. So I, I sort of just stopped. Um, and then you just got me back into it. Uh, it was around this time, 2018. Um, and then that's when we decided, yeah, that's, that's what we're going to do. But you've been hounding me to do some sort of pipe or podcast with you. Yeah, something. I, I knew that. Our conversations can get so wild sometimes. And, of course, we, with the exception of last week, we sort of keep a filter on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we, or we put a, put a lid on, on certain things. Um, I just thought it would be fun to, to do that. This it, is actually kind of a weird confessional. Patrick and I actually have to talk about two hours before we start. Yes. So we can filter out some of the things that we do not want to eke into the pipecast. Because yeah. we really want it to be about tobacco and maybe something kind of light, light or interesting. Yes. It's only rare that we talk about something like we did the last episode. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so my first time, again, so you, you know my backstory now. I'm not necessarily a big user of tobacco, or I wasn't. So my first uh, big nicotine sickness from pipe smoking was, I believe, it's either a vapor blend or a straight Virginia blend uh, that, um, that Cornell and Dill make. It was either opening night or red carpet. And we, we did an episode of, of Pipecast. Zach left. I went inside and I just felt awful. <laughs> uh, it was, I didn't, nothing ever happened because I'm the opposite. I'm one of those that'll fight it because I just, I, I hate throwing up. I hate it, so I just fight it. So I just, I got in the shower. Uh, I let like hot water run over me. Then I let cold water run over me. And I was like, ah. I just had to sit down and um, I found out, you know, eat a little bit of chocolate that really helps or it makes it go by faster. It doesn't really solve it, but it helps a little bit. Um, and is that real? I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, it helped this most recent time, which is where I was getting to. So I hadn't gotten any kind of sickness from that point. So that was, uh, you know, early in the year of 2019, early in our, in our pipe casting days. Um, been smoking with the exception of summertime. I've been smoking pretty much regular, I guess. I want to, not a normal, it'd be less than a normal pipe smoker, maybe once a week would be a, a if you averaged it out mm-hmm. through a whole year, once a week. Uh, and then, of course, in wintertime, I just, I crank it up a little bit because it's cold. I don't know. I have like a nostalgic kind of, um, I have a nostalgic kind of feeling towards um, the wintertime and smoking. Um, and just, I don't know, last, last week, I smoked some Curly Block, uh, you know, call, called Zach, talked to him for a little bit, hung up the phone, and I, I stood up, and I was just like, oh, boy. So, um, I did, you know, same thing, just, you know, sick, uh, you know, stomach was well, a little nausea, uh, took a shower, and then I ate a little bit of chocolate. Uh, my mom makes, during the holidays, she makes two different kinds of candy normally. She makes, uh, like, peanut peanuts that are, it's like a, like a goo-goo doll kind of, it's mm. peanuts with chocolate over them, and so I ate one of those, and I was fine. Um, she also makes some like butterscotch haystack candy stuff. Um, but yeah, I ate that chocolate and I was fine. That's good. But, uh, now you like curly block. Oh well, yeah, I, I like curly block a lot, but it, I'm definitely a little, a little gun shy now. <laughs> but you know, I mean, I smoke all these different kinds of things, you know, uh, I mean, I don't go out there for anything crazy, but like, you know, like I'll smoke, um, you know, a good English, a good full bodied English, you know, like an artisan's blend or a nightcap and. You know, nothing really bothers me with those or, you know, uh, 
you know, I don't know. Uh, some people say Elizabethan's got a good bit of a kick to it. And, I mean, it hadn't really bothered me, but something, I, I think it's just, I, I really was focusing in on my smoke. I was doing a little, I was doing some retro hails, which I hear really helped to that, really helped, helped create that. So, but yeah, that was the last time. It was last week. Um, good God, man. This is like, this is really picking up. What is? The golden days of yore. You liking it now? Well, the Kentucky's coming through and it's making it really change. It's, it, the flatness has gone away and it's actually gotten more lively. Hmm. I'm also, and it might be something about being a fresh tin or maybe that it wasn't compressed enough and it hasn't married very well. Could be. But I mean, it's really good now. Like the Kentucky's coming through, which I don't care so much. Like a cheap black Cavendish, you, you can taste it a mile away. I don't care what they put on it. Yeah, yeah. So you have to have something else. But this Kentucky's making it a lot more interesting. I think I'm going to set it down and try out our, one of our first little surprises in the clay. Oh, okay. So I have been dabbling in making my own blends or, you know, blending my own mixes and just mixtures and trying to figure out, you know, just something cool, right? And I know we did an episode a long time ago about, um, uh, you know, the... the the funniness of English blends, right? The naming conventions and right. things like that. And I think we had talked about calling it the lot. So on our way to the uh, Humidor Pipe Shop, we smoked Pipecast the lot number one. Right. Which is, um, uh, it's pretty much got everything but Burley and Darkfire Kentucky. Um, pretty much any, and the components were components that I had bought from uh, Cornell and Deal. And, uh, you know, it, it's, you know, it needs some aging. <laughs> That's for sure. Because I just, I mixed them dry, brought it back to life, uh, pressed it for a couple of days. Not nothing crazy like some hydraulic press, nothing like that. I just set it underneath a bunch of books and a computer. Yeah. Um, but it, it definitely needs some aging. Uh, and What did you think about it? Really wasn't much to it. I mean, each little, as you got down in the bowl, things sort of changed a little bit because, you know, the, the components just aren't married up with each other. Yeah, I thought the same. I mean, all the components were good. Yeah, I, mean, I like a light Latakia, and I don't think it's hard to hide Latakia in anything. Mm-hmm. It's We'll go back to what I was saying earlier. I think it's harder to blend a good aromatic than it is an English blend because Latakia is just so powerful. Yeah. It's not like people say, oh, it's a, you know, like a Scottish blend is what I prefer. And they'll say that the Latakia is sort of like a condimental Latakia. There's a, like a touch of Latakia. Honestly, it doesn't matter. Like yeah. a, the Latakia is going to overpower a blend every time. Yeah. Like someone's like, you know, that's got fifty percent Latakia, and I was like, it doesn't matter if it's got thirty percent or twenty or ten. Like I'm going to taste it. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, it really does hide a lot of your mistakes. I think. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and I didn't put a lot in that one. Uh, is it's of the of the proportions? Uh, I think it's so okay. Um, I did a mix, like a, a mixed bag of. Like uh, black Cavendish and bright red Virginias, I just sort of mix that. Right. That makes about seventy percent of that blend. Uh, the remaining thirty is ten percent is the Turkish Izmir, ten percent uh, Latakia, and ten percent Perique. So just a, you know, a little bit. Izmir is really good. Uh, like all Turkish, any type of like Turkish blends mm-hmm. or Oriental blends are going to be lovely. Yes, it's why I prefer Skiff mixture. Because you can tell that they went heavy-handed with Oriental. So you have this, like, wonderfully sour kind of thing going on. So uh, the next one that I uh, sort of messed with 
It is Pipecast Drunk Frankenstein. Now, this one is a little bit different. I took, you know, already well-known blends and mixed them together. I didn't use component blends from Cornell and Dill. Um, and I didn't put on <laughs> this little makeshift wrapper that I've created. <laughs> uh, I did not put what the components were. Uh, it's sort of a little thing I'm trying to see if Zach can guess them out. Uh, so this is what I want to smoke. So I'm going to put my pipe down. Okay. Um, so yeah, we're going to load up here. I am loading up in a, a, a new purchase for myself. It's a, one old German clays with a little uh, eagle talon wrapping around the bottom of the bowl. So, thank you. All right, so the, uh, the uh, based on the tin note, I like Zach smell. He could only pick out one of the blends. Some in soda bed. And some in soda bed, yeah. There's a ketchupy smell that smells like an old, uh, like squadron leader a little bit. Some sort of like kind of weird, like kind of vinegary smell. But I don't. It might be that rooster blend it has that kind of smell. Exhausted rooster? Mm hmm. Nope. Yeah, I can taste it in soda bed. I could smell it too. Ooh. I'm getting a lot of sour. A little bit of sourness to it. Cloveness. Cloveness. I can smell, like, I can still taste, like, in soda bed, it's so powerful too. That, whatever that topping they put on it, I don't think it's anise, but it's got, like, like a fruit topping. Ah, I do taste the sourness. So, let me, I'm going to go ahead and... How many Orientals you got in this thing? Okay, so, in Soda Bed, mm -hmm. and then there are two more Englishes. Oh, actually, there's six blends in here. Two more Englishes, <laughs> two Vapors, and a Burley blend. Elizabethan in here? No. Because there's only like two other blends that sort of have that kind of Elizabethan quality to it, where it's like kind of like those weird notes. Fillmore is one. The other is Telegraph Hill is That's, another one. It's in here. Telegraph Hill's in here? Okay. And the other vapor is very similar to Telegraph Hill. Stratford? Yep. Hmm. And they're all pretty much equal parts. I, well, I put less in soda bed than anything. Yeah, but it just goes to show you yeah. how much that... I can smell that flavor from a mile off. Okay, so you, you, you've narrowed down half I've of the blend. I've got half of the blends. Uh, the remaining one is the Burley blend and then uh, two other Englishes. But one of those Englishes... Did you put Haunted Bookshop in here? I did not. And actually, I don't know if one of these is... Yeah, I think one of these is English. But it has a liquor topping, one of these. You gave it to me. That's not really helping anything. You've given me a lot of tobacco. Irish Flake? Irish Whiskey. Irish Whiskey. Peterson's Irish Whiskey. 
The only reason I remember that is because I, I gave him that. So. Oh. And to be honest with you, I'm only guessing based on certain subtlety things. I don't think that there's like a... Uh, I, well, if there are, I don't want to like take away from someone, but I definitely don't have like sommelier taste buds. Like I can't, yeah. you know, these are just like educated guesses, I guess, to a certain extent. Like, well, I'll go ahead and just. Like, oh, you, no, it's been kind of fun guessing, I guess. Well, how, how does it taste? Is it a little bit more, I guess, married than the first, than the lot was? Since these are like, I don't know. Still needs aging. Well, but. trying to be, trying not to say it. Like, I don't want to be like what I would consider. I don't want to be ruthless or anything, like because no. you know. But I will say that, like, uh, I think that there's more Latakia, and I think it masks. Once again, I'll go back to, I'll defer to like Latakia is a little bit easier to blend, so it does feel more uniform because it feels like the Latakia kind of covers up some of the other blends. Yeah. I'm starting to get some of the Latakia now. I couldn't get it at the very beginning. All I could get was the sourness and the the and soda bed coffee. Age might make it work better. I think that like once you get it aged well, married at least where the flavors sort of come together. If you could top it or something with like a whiskey to kind of give it a uniformity across the board, that yeah. probably would make it better. See, I, I heard what I might do. You know, I mean, it might not work, but I heard uh, I watched a video with uh, Jeremy Reeves at Cornell and Deal, and he was saying that that's really what they use Black Cavendish for is uh, a way. It's sort of like the way he described it to me is almost like, like tofu. Like the Black Cavendish takes on a little bit of the others and it helps marry things across the board. So it must be unflavored Black Cavendish, huh? I guess is what they use. So the, the Burley blend is a blend I don't like. Which goes to show you that like like when I was saying like something that's heavily, heavily masked in vanilla or cherry, once it burns off, man, if you don't have something to backfill that, like a good tobacco, you're in trouble. Which leads back to what I was saying. Like it's really difficult to blend aromatics. You have to have something that comes in after the flavor has dissipated. Yeah. If you don't have that, I think you're you're you really are asking for a lot of trouble. Which is kind of funny because Golden Days of Yore, it seemed like the aromatic quality burned off, and then I had to just continually smoke it, and then eventually it did cat the the Kentucky sort of caught up yeah. a little bit, well, and cool. sort of like gave it a boost of interest for me. Yeah. So. The Burley, I'll just go ahead and tell you. You ready for this? Wait, oh wait, I'll, I'll guess, I'll guess. So, we know it ain't, is it Old Joe Krantz? It is Old Joe Krantz. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go that or, or uh, Solani, H. Burley. I, f- I finished off Solani, I like it It's so good, mm-hmm. right? I may get another 10 of that one. Uh, Solani H. Burley is, I think, the gold standard of Burley. I don't think you should get any other Burley, really. Again, I haven't had that much. Pure Samois, but it's so different. Yeah, it's a burly though, but I mean, it's so different. You can't even compare it. It's not in the same ball game. You know, it's not in the same field. It's not in the same league. It's not even the same sport. It feels like <laughs> it's burly only in name. It tastes so different. 
So the last blend. Okay, so you've named a soda bed. Soda bed. Peterson Irish whiskey. Stratford. Stratford. Telegraph Hill. Telegraph Hill. Old Joe Krantz. Last one is also a Peterson blend, not a Peter Hill blend, as I'm calling the Peter Peterson Dunhill, <laughs> but a traditional Peterson blend. Sherlock Holmes blend. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't had the Sherlock Holmes blend. It's something that I would have in my Dublin yep, mixture. Old Dublin. Old Dublin. Yep. So that is the six blends I just threw in. Pretty much equal parts, everything. And was said, let's just call it, you know, let's just see what happens. The Frankenstein is not as bad as the like the the lot. Yeah. Well The I, lot needs a lot more time. Which makes sense because, you know, they're just component blends. Mm-hmm. Whereas these all came from an already blended, you know, thing. And I just brought them back to life. I let them dry a little bit, mix them together. Brought them back to life. Put them in a, put them in a, a tin. I mean, I don't think either one of us would reach for this, though, right? No, no. Which all these are like number ones, right? So, the, so I'm just gonna keep working with them, aging them, right. doing different things with it, and just seeing, you know, how it how it is. The very last one we'll get to it later. I think. See, it's with just straight components, so it's probably gonna need some age on it. But there's no lot of key in it. So we're probably going to be able to tell something. Be able to tell something out of that. You want to try it? Or do you want to switch back to Golden Days? What do you want to do? I think I'm going to switch back to Golden Days for a little bit. Oh, buddy. There's a lot of stuff going on. So, the assignment, the topic. This is a very strange episode. I don't know what to tell you guys. Like, it's kind of like we just wanted to get together and do just a Christmas talk off. So Patrick's either gonna have to edit or let it ride. But we don't. I don't really have any topics. I mean, Christmas is here. COVID is in full swing. I haven't done much. I feel like we're gonna do an episode. We read a Christmas Carol. And I'm gonna let. So here's how we're gonna handle this. We're gonna talk about Christmas Carol. I want Patrick to discuss the book itself. And then I'm going to come in with something completely different. Okay. So, before I read the book, um, one of my old uh, traditions that me and my mother used to always do. So, okay, let me back up just a little bit. I was going to, uh, for this episode, watch every, you know, you know, live action version of A Christmas Carol I could get my hands on. And come in and sort of be like, you know, this one's the definitive best. That didn't happen. Uh, so the one that I've grown up with, the one that I've always go back to time and time again, is Patrick Stewart, TNT, made for television, A Christmas Carol. It's got a lot of people in it that, you know, now you see a little bit more. Uh, the guy who plays Bob Cratchit in it, uh, He's been in a couple things. He was like he had a really small part in Game of Thrones. He he was like the the villain in like the last one of the villains in the last um, Star Wars movie show. He like came in. Uh, I think General Hawk killed him. I can't think of the guy's name. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just it's a it's a really good version. I mean it 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 all came about because of Patrick Stewart was doing uh, you know plays of it he you know he would do like a one-man play kind of thing i, I believe if I, I could be wrong but i, I know he's going to play i don't know if it was one man or not but um so they just took that 
brought in the full cast and did a, a major TV version. It's still so good. It's from best of my knowledge, it is spot on with the book. There's not a lot going on with it. They they, they don't change a lot of it. Uh, I made it through halfway of the Guy Pierce one that FX did last year, and it's interesting. They definitely do a different take as far as the way Scrooge is. Um, it's a little bit more spooky, I guess you would say. It feels more like a ghost story, like you know. Uh, and then I got through uh, half of the Muppets one, and uh, again, I, I still, I still stand by the Patrick Stewart one being the best one. Um, Muppets one was fine, um, but um, there's just something about Patrick Stewart and the way he embodies Scrooge. Uh, like I, as, as much as I love Michael Caine, son of a gun, the Muppets one was fine. Are you fine. high? It was fine. No, get out of my face. I mean, like, like I said, Michael Caine is a good actor, but he's no Patrick Stewart when it comes to Scrooge. And Patrick Stewart's I, no Rizzo the Rat. Well, there was no Rizzo the Rat in the in the original. You saying there's no rats in London? There's no Rizzo the Rat. You don't know that. That could have been a Rizzo the Rat. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, uh, I'll tell you this. Aside from Rizzo, the Muppets one was fine. Rizzo did make it more enjoyable. Well, and I like the guy playing Charles Dickinson. What's his name? Oh, uh, one wait, Charles Rizzo. Dickens isn't in that. Well, you mean no, Scrooge? No, no, his character. The who, who is with Rizzo? What's his buddy's name? Gonzo. Oh, Gonzo. Yeah, he he, he is playing Charles Dickinson in the or Charles Dickens in the in the book. God, I forgot that. So you don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you got Disney Plus. It's on there. That's where I was watching it at. <laughs> I'll rewatch it. Okay, but uh, but it, it's fine again. But I I just I don't know. Uh, Patrick Stewart's great. Okay, so yeah, so Christmas Carol. Um, I watched a little bit of, there's a channel that me and uh, Zach, which is funny enough, we both like found it on our own. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't mention it to me. And I just all of a sudden found it. It's the Townsend's YouTube channel. He uh, does a lot of 18th century cooking. His stuff is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I love what he's been doing, like building stuff. Like he built the uh, the forge. Uh, for, you yeah, know. He's built a whole town, I think. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. Um, but he was doing a live reading of... Um, uh, of uh, a Christmas Carol, and uh, it's you know it's a really good story. I mean, it, it's well, there's not a lot going on, but also it's. I mean, I don't know the time period. I didn't do enough research, I guess, into the time period of it. But I mean, it is a Christmas story. It involves ghosts, and you 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 get that uh, right on from the beginning of you know the first lines are, you know, Marley was dead to begin with, and like it was for you know. Putting putting a nail in the coffin that this guy's dead, okay, and this other character is about to see him. Right. So like he was really trying to enforce the fact that you know there's ghosts in this in this story, um, you know. But it's it's a, it's a nice little heart heartwarming tale. You know, you got the uh, they play on the little, on the heartstrings. The part that always got me, uh, I don't know if it's necessarily in the book it gets me, but the way it was done in uh, the TNT, like the Patrick Stewart version, is when like he sees his past self, um, not like taking a chance, you know, not doing what he should have done with the woman that he that he loved, you know, he you know being stubborn, and and him t- him yelling at his older self to you know say something to her, you know that's you know a little heartwarming. Of course, uh, Tiny Tim is a very heartwarming part, you know, part of the story. Oh yeah. Um and and um, um what's his name, Bob Cratchit. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, everybody knows knows it. You know, it's, you know he gets visited. Uh, Scrooge is a mean old, mean old bastard. Right. <laughs> and uh, uh, you know, he's a cheap guy, and um, you know, he even doesn't take time to scratch off Marley on his sign. He lets the weather do it. Which I will say, that's one reason why I like the Patrick Stewart so much is in the Guy Pierce one that I watched and the Muppets one. It still says Scrooge and Marley on the sign. Plain as day, no weathering on it. Uh, in the Patrick Stewart one, they show you the passing of time and you can see Marley is sort of wearing its, wearing itself off to where you really just see Scrooge. Mm-hmm. Um, he's so cheap. And I love the line, uh, he comes in uh, his his nephew uh, Fred comes in and says, uh, um, "Merry Christmas!" And he says, "What right do you have to be merry? You're poor." And he tells him, "What right do you have to be not be merry? You're rich." It just just fun stuff. And I would recommend at least you know trying out that guy Pierce one on FX because he his Scrooge is a little bit different. He goes into like it's almost like he he wants to be nice, but his cynicalness just sort of comes out like you know like a um, he's talking to himself like he. He usually sits out three, um, three lumps of coal for um, for Bob Cratchit to, to you know use throughout the day throughout his working day, but it opens up and he he gets a four, he he decides okay he puts a fourth one and then when he when he's putting everything back he looks at his 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 uh, kerchief and um, there's a smudge on it and he's sort of like well that was from the fourth one I know it was you know like so he and he talks about the 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 human beast how we're all just animals but then we have this illusion that on one day of the year we're going to be nice he's like why couldn't it be the other way around why why not be nice every day of the year and then pick one day to be animals so like he, he he's doing a different thing than what scrooge really is i guess it's a little bit more complex of the character which mm-hmm. you could like it or you could hate it i sort of like the simplicity of scrooge is normally just being an old bastard right um but it is fun um but yeah so he's you know he's visited by three spirits you know ghost of christmas past ghost of christmas present and the uh, ghost of Christmas yet to be, or yet to come, and uh, you know he sort of sees all this stuff, and um, uh, sort of time he thinks time is passing in days, like he thinks he's already missed Christmas, but he um, and he thinks he's dead, <laughs> uh, and he, uh, but he's not. He, he's he's able to, you know, he has a change of heart, and he's able to sort of change it, change, turn over a new leaf. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, um, and like I would recommend reading it. Going to Townsend's and listening to his his live recording of it, uh, and you know try any of the uh, versions of a Christmas Carol. But if you can get your hands on that Patrick Stewart one, you won't you won't be saying. Oh, what I was gonna say is that was a tradition. Me and my mother would always watch it Thanksgiving night. So sort of it would be like we had Thanksgiving. Now here's our transition into Christmas. We'd watch uh, a Christmas Carol. Nice. So, but I believe you have some interesting takes on Papa Zach. It's got some hot takes for y'all. Now, none of this is canon. It should be, but it's not. <laughs> this is what a true believer believes. A true believer. Okay. Uh, someone who believes in Scrooge before he turned into this simp who's just giving out money and stuff. All right? Okay. Because, like, I think that... <laughs> this is so dumb. Ebenezer Scrooge did not change who he was. Okay. He didn't. Ebenezer Scrooge, in my opinion, you got to take it the characters. You can't look at what Charles Dickens did 
right? Yeah, yeah. You got to look at Ebenezer Scrooge, the character, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clever, cunning, you know, yeah. emotional, you know. Oh, yeah. So what is he really doing here? And what he's doing is, is he is concocting a lie, a spiritual lie, a transcendent lie, to make people work harder for him. <laughs> By making people believe that he had an actual change of heart and probably giving just a little bit of the money he already makes, he's actually inspiring everyone around him to work harder and to do business with him. Ebenezer Scrooge concocted a lie <laughs> that everyone could get behind. So he could basically get more business. That's what I truly believe. I think Ebenezer Scrooge is an economic genius. I think he true basically, capitalist. he's a true capitalist. I truly think he built something that people could spiritually or with faith get behind. And it would influence them to actually work A, harder for him. Yeah. And B, do more business with him. So, so... <clears throat> By he, giving a little bit, yeah, a little he, bit. he stands to profit so much more. He made as much as he was gonna make. Gonna make as a, as a uh, you know penny pension dude. So his new capital, his was new people, capital uh, was people's opinion of it. He's investing in the idea of doing business with the world because he realized saving could only get him so far. By investing into a community, I'm throwing quotes up and stuff. He's actually inviting sending out a mass invitation to people to do work with him because they think that spiritually he's enlightened now. Well, and I was going to say, you could argue if you ever did your own version of a live action. I was going to say, who's to say that you could not present the story from that perspective where he realizes that, but then years of doing that, years of giving a little bit, investing in the community, uh, it does change him. After a while, he starts seeing the good that he's doing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he still starts out for bad reasons, but it ends up... I mean, I guess you could say, like, over the course of whatever, that, like, perhaps it changes him for the better, like he sees. But, I mean, if you're raking in money, you don't care, well, you know? Uh, well, I guess that's sort of the point. What does it matter if you change, if you do something that betters the, 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 uh, the economy and the community? But the thing is, is... Like, is like, let's say, I guess, look at it this way. Let's say that he makes $10,000 and gives nothing, right? Yeah. Now let's say he gives 1000 but he makes a million. <laughs> so from the outside perspective, he's giving, but... He's not giving anything. And, yeah, yeah. you know, if you're, if you're, if you are like giving this little bit, right? But now you're stand to make triple what you originally were accruing. Yeah, who lost? <laughs> the city. Ebenezer Scrooge is a genius. He's a lying genius. I love it. He's an economic brilliant man. He's like, oh, I could buy some dumb turkey with some coin and I can put a scarf on and run around and like say like I love Christmas and everyone's gonna want to do business with me and then it's gonna like make my profits go up tenfold and all I have to do is give maybe 0.5% of my profits to charitable organizations. And no one's going to come after me? Bro, he's a genius. I come over here talking about how this is such a heartwarming story of a man changing. <laughs> you just come in and say, America! <laughs> hey, you know, all I'm saying is is that, like, I don't believe that he changed. Yeah. I believe he was just like, 
you're right, I should give ghosts. <laughs> so do you think he really was visited? No, I think he, he, conjured, conjured, up con he conjured up the entire thing. I truly think it would be great to, for me to do something with this idea. Mm -hmm. Like basically write a, um, like a 19th century fictionalized economics paper written by Ebenezer Scrooge <laughs> about how basically to turn a profit on uh, goodwill. Essentially, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's funny. I'm a pessimist. I'm a true pessimist. That's evident. So, like, in my <laughs> opinion, you know, there was no heartfelt whatever. Scrooge just concocted this lie to make everyone work harder and do business with him. I mean, you're not. It's not a. It's not really that much of a stretch to think. I mean, the way I look at it is, is like. It'd be different if a lot of rich people over the world were having these ghost experiences, you know? But this one dude... This one random <laughs> this guy. This one random guy has a ghost experience, you know? Suddenly. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, like, I understand Christmas and what I've been missing out on. And then everyone seems to immediately be like, wow. You're a good man. You're a good person. Or and you notice there's no, like, it, it's very interesting because he, the man is a genius because there is literally no Christian overtones. It's, it's, it's Christmas. Yeah. You know, I, I love, I love that part. Like he, he literally makes it universal. Everyone's like, wow, it's just, it's just goodwill. Mm -hmm. It's got nothing to do with like Christianity or the symbolism or anything like that. It's just Christmas. Yeah. It's Saturnalia. It's the old pagan gods. It's something everyone could get behind. Yeah. This dude's a genius. He's hitting on all fronts. Like, the Christians are like, it was Jesus. And then the non-Christians are just like, it's humanity. <laughs> and, and, and Ebenezer's just like, money's green! <laughs> I got no counterpoints. Yeah, there's no counterpoint. I'm just telling you, like, well, technically, you can argue a ton. I'm sure there's a lot of context in the thing, but that this is what I believe. You know, it just seems strange. You know, if you if if I would see a movie and they're like strange rich uh, aristocrats visited by ghosts every year during Christmas Eve, you know, mm -hmm. and that was sort of your weird exposition into the rest of the story, then I'd be like, yeah, he didn't concoct this. But the fact that like this one curmudgeonly dude who loves money suddenly has a change of heart overnight because of ghosts. <laughs> I mean, it'd be like if I like showed up to your house the next time and I was super happy and I was doing all this stuff and I was like, I love everything. I love reality TV. And you're like, what happened, Zach? I was like, well, I was visited by three werewolves. <laughs> and um, they told me that I should be more indulgent in this crap that I hate usually. And now I'm happy. Now I'm happy. And you would think that that's garbage. Like, you know, but it is the season, baby. I truly think Ebenezer's a genius. The greatest man. The greatest economist of the 19th century is Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> it's called social engineering, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there is Pipecast's rendition take on A Christmas Carol. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, you know where to find it. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in for more of these hot takes on the next episode. <laughs>
Well, uh, sort of getting back to golden days of yore, did you? you I finished mine. It's very good towards the end. It's weird. It kind of like, it's sort of, so this needs some age for, this needs some age. I think if you crack the 10, maybe, I don't know why that Kentucky was hidden so low in the bowl. Maybe just need some age, like I said. Maybe just marry up those flavors. That way I can taste the Kentucky at the outset. Maybe when you open it up, do it, give it a little, like, mix, you know, just to kind of, like, fluff it up. Yeah. Maybe for some reason this bowl had not been properly mixed. It it did feel like I got Kentucky way, way, way at the end of the bowl. But it ended up being very more, more interesting as I smoked it, which is good for me. That's good. Yeah, I'm probably – I'm almost towards the end. And, yeah, there's a lot more happening. Um, I don't have much experience with Kentucky, so I can't really pick pick it out yet. Um, I think it just has a... Because it's essentially made the same way as a, as Latakia is. It's, it's smoldered mm-hmm. for an extended period of time until it becomes very dark. And it has a smoky complexity to it my favorite type of kentucky though is a kentucky that has kentucky blend i should say that has a touch of licorice or anise to it mm-hmm. um the readily available ones i think are strong kentucky by orlick and then dark strong by peter heinrich peter heinrich being probably the better one of the two um i think it's a little bit stronger of course old dark fired is in my opinion one of the harder one like it's sun it's like getting kicked in the teeth <laughs> really but you you have another blend that we're going to try real fast oh yeah i do um so this one so sort of segueing off that what i found out was doing a little bit of research so latakia you know it is it's um i believe i could be getting this little detail wrong but i think latakia is burnt over softwoods or is it hardwoods i think it's hardwoods okay it's hardwoods but it's like months 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 and months and, and actually latakia does not really have that much uh nicotine in it latakia is right. real low in, in uh, nicotine dark fired is only like 14 days and it's softwoods. And it's, I think it's, it's softwoods. And it's yeah. it's just sort of smoldering. It's smoldering. I think um, the, it, they use a sawdust yeah, mixture. Yeah. And I think they wet it, too. And then Kentucky, you know, is, started his life out as a bird. Um, and so it's it's got a lot of nicotine in it. A lot more than a lot of Kia does. And me, me and you were talking about how well, we, we sort of touched on a little bit in this episode how just, you know, a lot of Kia's overpowering and sometimes it's just like, can I not have it? <laughs> I mean, it do, It seems like it's easier to make a blend with Latakia. Yeah. So what and I, I'm sure people are going to be upset about hearing that, but it's just like, what are you tasting after the Latakia? I think that the other components heighten Latakia, but you're not tasting anything other than Latakia. Now, that's my opinion, so yeah. you know, take it, whatever. But, so what I did was, um, now these proportions aren't the same, but it's essentially the same components of nightcap but i took out latakia and put in dark fired kentucky that's nice and so it's uh pipe casts night slap night slap so you take this 
before you or you smoke this before you go to bed and you wake up throwing up. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, in the morning, just throw up. No one would smoke this if that was the case. They're like, yeah, you smoke it, and then the nicotine sort of hibernates, and then it jumps in your face at the end. So what I did was I put it in a tin that was a nightcap tin, but the actual little paper came from an Elizabethan tin because I didn't want any kind of Latakia casing into it. Um, I'm, you know, that might have should have let a little bit of that happen, but... It, it, it has a nice smell. Um, again, it... It is much softer. Yeah. Without the Latakia. Yeah. Again, though, it's it's just some component blends. It's probably not gonna... Um, it's not gonna be very well married, but... You know, this is just a little test, a little test run. I haven't smoked nightcap in so long. Oh, this is nice. This is interesting because the, the first hit of this is like has a very apple-y taste to it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Let's see. I'm going to light her up. It does. Where's that coming from? I don't know. Did you put a casing or a topping on it? Mm -mm. Nothing. Nothing at all. Um, that's crazy. So just regular components. Do you know what your proportions are? Mm -mm. The um, components are... Um, are the like the percentages? Um, I'm trying to remember. It's about a fourth a cup of red Virginia, a fourth a cup of bright Virginia, um, an eighth a cup of uh, um, Perique. Um, let me see here. And then uh, an eighth a cup of or of um, what's it called? Uh, Turkish Ismer. Oh. And then uh, an eighth a cup of dark black Kentucky. It's gotta be that Izmir. That Izmir is giving it that apple flavor. I know it is. Hmm. It's definitely, I will say, the most interesting of the three that I've done, or you know that we that we blended together. It's because it doesn't have Latakia, I guess. <laughs> well, it tastes like straight apples. Huh? That's crazy. That is a weird. Goodness. Yeah. I'm, uh, even on on the retro hell. It's it, apple maybe a little citrusy, kind of. Mm-hmm. It's probably coming from those brights. But normally when you taste like a hay-like, mm -hmm. right? It's apples now. It's not. There's no hay in it. That is very peculiar. I'm really, really interested in what this will be like when it gets some age on it. Well, you know, I'm going to sell her up all three of these, really, and just sort of let them sit probably for a year and reevaluate it. Reevaluate them on the next Christmas episode, I suppose. Yeah. Probably going to test out more blends, too, more ideas. Might get into some casing or uh, topping. Oh, 
But yeah, it, yeah, not having Latakia because it's the same Virginia that was in that lot. But there's something else going on with it. Maybe it's the Kentucky Could the, be. with the Virginia. Yeah, because there wasn't Kentucky in the in the lot. But it's not just me. You taste it, right? Yeah, I taste some kind of apple. <coughs> Excuse me. A little bit of citrusy kind of. Well, the, the interesting thing is, is like, there's no top casing on it, so you just really get natural tobacco. I don't know. It's weird. So, uh, while we're sort of pondering on this, uh, what's your favorite, what are some of your favorite Christmas uh Songs. You got a favorite Christmas song? So, you know the Mariah Carey song? Yeah. That everyone just drops garbage on? Yeah. There's an orchestral version that's amazing. It's just a piano and a cello. Oh. And it's really good. Really? It, yeah. Like, so it's sort of like, you've heard of dueling pianos and stuff like that, mm -hmm. right? Similar. Like, one will take the lead and the other will take the back. And then another one will take the lead and the other will take the back. And it's really good. And that's not a bad song. So, y'all... How can, but uh, my favorite Christmas song, I like Little Drummer Boy. I like A Holy Night. Yeah. Uh, and I like uh, The Beach Boys. I like Beach Boys. The Beach Boys, that's probably the most like, I love that one. Yeah. Uh, Come out. Uh, and Christmas time goes around yeah. each year. Woo woo woo! Yeah, I'll, that's a good song. Like, but uh, Mariah Carey's song's yeah. good too. People hate it. I, I think if you listen to that like piano cello version that I'm talking about, yeah. you probably really like it. I think okay, two two points to what you're saying. The reason why people don't like Mariah Carey, I believe, it's controversial. Is the reason why people don't like Nickelback is just that it got overplayed. I don't think Nickelback really was that bad until that one album came and they literally played every one of the songs to death. On the radio. I mean, you I'm know my saying, opinion. Like, it's I like, I, I have the same opinion I've had for years. I don't like Nickelback, but I also don't like Nirvana. And if you don't like Nickelback and you like Nirvana, you're a hypocrite. So, boom. Because <laughs> they're the same music. I had people literally ready to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with me in, like, a fist fight over that stuff. And I was like, I'm not going to fight you because you don't understand music. <laughs> They're the same band to me. Like one begot the other. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> All right. My same second. thing with Creed, man. Like, get out of here. Yeah, I like Creed. Well, then you should like Nirvana and Nickelback. <laughs> I like. Okay, I like the Foo Fighters more than Nirvana, but but according, you know, <laughs> you're probably the same thing. Yeah. No, I mean, Foo Fighters at least tried to do something different. I like the Foo Fighters a lot. I just, on a daily, on, okay, if I had a choice, like, right, to to listen to any band, like they said, you got to listen to one band the rest of your life. Yes. I would pick Foo Fighters over Nirvana every time. I'd pick Red Hot Chili Peppers over Nirvana every time. Yeah. Well, that's good, because they're not good. They're not a very good band, so boom. But, okay, but your second point, though. The irony is, is that, like, some of the bands that I would pick if you had to listen to, they sound the same, but I like the consistency. 
And that's kind of my complaint about Nirvana, except I just don't like their sound. I got you. There's some songs. Because there's some versatility. Like, Eels would be a really good choice, or Ween, because they're, for the rest of your life, because a lot of their songs are not consistently the same. Yeah. I Um, mean, I like Dave Matthews, man. And a lot of their stuff is different to me, but some people would think they're the same. Yeah, see, I would say that they're relatively similar. But. Not everything. Yeah. I mean, they've been doing but I mean, like, if I were to say, like, I'd be a hypocrite if I was like, that's stupid. You should pick something like Radiohead. It's like, no. <laughs> Dude, like, after OK Computer, they essentially are the same band <laughs> forever, you know? But yeah. that's what I like about them. I like that. I want to hear that. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to hear anything. I want to hear that. Exactly. Uh, well, you made another point. What did you make? Talking about um, bands. No, so this, this is a Christmas, Christmas music. Christmas? I mean, I like the Beach Boys song. Oh, okay. I was going to say, uh, this is a, a, a sort of a controversial, not controversial, it's probably not a popular opinion, but like, you know, people talk about the Beach Boys or versus the, the well, people talk about the Beatles versus like the Stones. And all that stuff. I'm a Beach Boy guy. I like them. Oh, they're, the, they're my favorite from sort of that, that time period, I guess you could say. Stones might be a, bit, a little bit later, but like. I just, I like Beach Boys. I prefer to listen to Beach Boys over Beatles. I don't even like the Beatles, which is... There's a handful of songs I like, but... Anyway. <sighs> I just think the Beatles... I've listened to Beatles songs, right? And they're like, you know, the Beatles play that, right? And I'm like, really? And I'll go listen to it, and I'm like, wow, the cover was better. <laughs> you know what's you know what's so funny? People, there's some people who hate covers. I love covers. I love hearing different styles of the same song, just to see what other people can do. Because, like, essentially a song is lyrics. So a cover is a, is the same lyrics, but giving you a different kind of music component, and I think that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, like you know, they're ta- like the Beatles are talented writers. Yeah, obviously, I just think that like you know, just, it's just not my cup of tea. And uh, I, I prefer the Stones. I think the Stones have way more interesting yeah. things. And uh, yeah, but I mean, like John Lennon, I mean, he's a he's a great womanizing, wife beating songwriter child abandoning songwriter so you know i mean i dig him (laughs) you know for his ability to you know be a horrible person who probably should have been shot and was uh you know but he wrote songs right so he should be loved i mean to hell with all his horrible philandering and uh really insane you know um child abandonment you know alcoholism beating people he was uh he was the voice of a generation okay <laughs> we're gonna get away from that for, for a second what i'm just saying like you know i think it's sad that people remember him for all that horrible stuff he did and not for the songs that he wrote which are so much more powerful everyone remembers him for all the bad things he did you know they're awful people, right? And they sh- and, and really, he's a voice of a generation. You I mean, know, we're all human. We all make mistakes, right? I mean, I just don't understand how he's not remembered for the songs, and he's only remembered for all the horrible, terrible things that would have gotten a lot of people jail time. You know, but no, you know, it's just sad because he was such a gifted songwriter. Uh, I'm gonna say uh, my favorite Christmas song. I do like Little Drummer Boy. I like the Bob Seger version of Little Drummer Boy. <laughs> but my favorite yeah. 
It has to be God Rest You Married Gentlemen, We Three Kings, Bare Naked Ladies with Sarah McLaughlin. I love that song. Huh. I'm not a big Bare Naked Ladies person, like, in general, like their other music, but, like, their holiday album was just, I don't know, something about it. I just love, I love God Rest You Married Gentlemen. 